My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. I hope you are having a wonderful day today, and I'm excited to come to you again this week uh, with a topic that is on my heart, and uh, hopefully uh, the, I will be able to communicate it from my heart to your ears by the help of the Holy Spirit. And uh, what I want to talk about today, I'll just jump right in. I don't have to waste any time. We, we, we're, we're past small talk, okay? We're past that. Let's just, let's just dive right on in. Um. What I want to talk about today is, well, the title of this podcast, as you can see, is Where There's a Will, There's a Way. And there's a lot of talk about the will of God, and, well, this is God's will, and, and God wants this accomplished, and God wants this done, and, and that is so very important. In fact, um, uh, my spiritual father, Brother Keith Moore, uh, and his church, Faith Life Church, just came through a series entitled The Perfect Will of God, and it's uh, maybe a 13, 14-part series, and something I highly recommend because he talks about how to find the perfect will of God for your life, and it's such an important and wonderful thing, and I received so much from it. But in the midst of that, the Lord pointed something out to me, uh, because in order to have the perfect will of God, you you have to look at things with more than just a broad viewpoint. You have to really dig into uh, the Scripture and what it says, this is the will of God, this is the will of God, this is the will of God. Because we can look at, from a, a broad perspective and say, well, God's will is that everybody be saved and we all go to heaven, and yeah, that's God's will. That's true. But here's the thing that I feel like the Lord pointed out to me, that in order to find the perfect will of God, you must consider the perfect way of God. Oh, come on. I'm going to say it again. In order to find the perfect will of God, you must also consider the perfect way of God. See, here's the thing. A lot of people get a glimpse or have an awareness of what they believe God's will to be in their life. Whether it's, I'm supposed to be in ministry or I'm supposed, I feel like I'm supposed to marry this person, or I feel like I'm supposed to be wealthy, you know, for the kingdom of God, I'm supposed to do this and supposed to do that. And and they kind of get focused on the end goal, and then kind of have the attitude like, well, just need to do whatever it takes to get there. And, you know, that's kind of what Abraham did in the book of Genesis. He, uh, you know, he knew that God had called him to be the father of many nations. And he knew that God had a will for his life. But during the process, he got off of God's way, and he began to do it his way instead of God's way, and that ended up causing something other than the perfect will of God to happen, and that's where we get the phrase, it was an Ishmael, (laughs) because somebody did something their way instead of God's way. They they got a glimpse of, of what they believed to be the will of God but they didn't consider his way. They did things their way instead of his way. And here's what I felt like the Lord spoke to me about that. Ben, where there's a will, there's a way. Where my will is, 
I also have a way of accomplishing it. And my will cannot be separated from my way if you want to be in my perfect will. That's what I believe he said to me. And we see, you know, people get off track. And in fact, I'm thinking of how Moses and in, in the book of Exodus, you know, the Lord told him to speak to the rock and water would come out. And Moses instead struck the rock because he was, he was, he was not happy with the, the people of Israel. And the Lord told him later, uh, you know, he still allowed water to come out of the rock for the sake of the people, but he told him later, he said, Moses, you failed to sanctify me in the eyes of the people. In other words, you misrepresented me. And, and there were some serious consequences that came with that. And, and God's perfect will was not done in Moses' life. He wasn't able to go in the promised land because Moses thought that the end justified the means <laughs> in that moment. And the truth is, with God, the end never justifies the means. Where God has a will, He also has a way. And God's will must be accomplished in His timing and His way in order for it to be God's perfect will. There are some people who, they're in God's will partially, but because they've left off of His way, they're not in his perfect will for their life. And they've experienced problems, they've experienced hindrances, not to say you won't experience challenges in the perfect will of God, but there's grace and there's help there. There's provision there that there's not when you're only half in. I mean, if, you, if you're only half under the umbrella, that means half of you gets rained on. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? Anyway, let's go ahead and read some scripture and I'll tell you more about what I'm talking about today. In Luke 22, verse 24, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and he said there was a, a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. <laughs> which of them should be considered the greatest? And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. What's Jesus doing here? He is revealing God's way versus man's way. Man's way is to fight for power. Man's way is to fight to prove I'm the greatest. But God's way is, if you're truly as great as you say, Show it through service. Show it through humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And like First Peter says, he'll exalt you in due time. This is God's way. God's way is humble yourself, be clothed with humility, and cast all your care onto me, and I'll exalt you in due time. That's not man's way, though. Man's way is take on the burden, take on the worry. If you're not worrying, you're not being responsible, and make it happen. Fight for it. Climb that ladder. Prove to them that you're the greatest. Discredit them. You know, bump elbows with other people. Do whatever you got to do to get to the front. That's man's way. And it's ungodly. And God's will being accomplished that way will never be his perfect will. And we'll never have his perfect will trying to accomplish his will, man's way. Amen. Glory to God. He said, For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? 
yet I am among you as the one who serves. This is Jesus talking. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. He said, I bestow it upon you. That's the opposite of me taking it for myself, me fighting for it. He said, I'm giving it to you. It's been given to me, and I'm giving it to you because you've continued with me in my trials. Again, this is God's way versus man's way. Are you, are you seeing this so far? And here's the cool thing. Jesus didn't correct the desire to be great. He simply corrected how to get there and what the true definition of greatness is. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be great. He said, okay, you want to be great? This is how you do it. This is what true greatness is, and this is how you get there. What's he doing? He's showing them God's way. God's way. Somebody say it if you want to. Where there's a will, there's also a way. And God's will has to be accomplished his way. Jesus told his disciples to be marked by their service. Why would he tell them to be marked by their service? Because their service has to do with their witness. And when you're a witness for God, it means you're representing God. The the company that I work for, that I print t-shirts for, you know, how I print those t-shirts reflects on my boss because it's his company. They don't know who I am. They don't know somebody who works in the shop. No, they know him. They know his name. So if I do a sloppy job and mess it up and am negligent with it, that reflects poorly on him. Now, I can be like, well, I just need to get it done. I just need to get it done. I just need to get it done. No, but see, I don't want to just get it done. I want to get it done his way. Why? Because it's his thing that I'm stewarding, and I want to represent him well. So I don't want to just accomplish the will of God. I want to do it his way and in a way that properly and faithfully represents him being a witness of him, sanctifying him in the eyes of the people. This is what he's talking about here. Matthew 20, verse 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Galatians 5, 13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Matthew 23, 11, But he who is greatest among you, shall be your servant. Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. What, what, what is this? This is God's way that he's revealing. 1 John 3.16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. God's will cannot be separated from God's way. God never settles for the lesser of two evils. Oftentimes, people do that, (laughs) but God doesn't. He has a perfect will, and he has a perfect plan. Now, let me say it to you this way. Um, Compromise in the means can hinder or even sabotage the intended end. I'm going to say that again. Compromise in the means can hinder or even sabotage the intended end. Uh, I said this before, but... um, Pride and exaltation is an immediate off-ramp from the perfect plan and will of God. 
because he has a way. <laughs> and, and God's ultimate will is going to be accomplished. But here's the thing, whether or not we are a part of that has to do with our submission and our obedience, not only to his plan, but also to his nature. Let me read some scriptures to you about the way of God. Psalm 119, 2 through 3 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Now, what is a testimony? A testimony is testifying of God. Keeping his testimony, that means you're testifying of him. You're being a witness for him. You're representing him well. You're walking in his way. Psalm 128.1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Proverbs 4.2 says, He who walks in uprightness fears the Lord, but he who is perverse in his ways despises him. What does it mean to be perverse in your ways? It means something's being changed, something's being distorted, something's being twisted or altered. You could say it this way, trying to accomplish what you believe to be the will of God, but doing it your way. That, that is an example of being perverse in your ways. Proverbs 28.6 says, Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Now here's something we need to talk about. Um, I believe it's God's will for his people to prosper. But is it important how we prosper? There's a lot of talk about success and, oh, God wants us to have success, and we're just you know entrepreneurs of success and success and success and success. But, you know, Joshua talked about if you meditate in the law day and night, you'll have good success. And people will say, well, you know, Ben, God said everything that I put my hand to will prosper. Yeah, but right before that, you know what he said? He said, turn not to the right hand to the or the left and observe his ways, observe his word, observe his command to do it, and then you will have good success, and then what you put your hand to will prosper. You can't separate it from meditating in his word. Why? So I can find out his way. <laughs> so I can walk in his ways. First Samuel 8.3 says, talking about Eli's sons, says they did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, they took bribes and they perverted justice. You see this, that they're prospering the wrong way. They're increasing, but they're compromising to do it. With God, it's important how things happen. You don't want to prosper the wrong way. Satan tempted with Jesus, some, sorry, excuse me, Satan tempted Jesus with worldly success that would have taken him away from the plan and the will of God for his life. And why? He said, all you have to do is bow down and worship me. All you have to do is pervert your way to get this end result that you're looking for. You see what I'm talking about here? Deuteronomy 8, 6 says, Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord to walk in his ways and to fear him. So walking in his way, considering his way of doing things, is an evidence of the reverential fear of the Lord. And there's a hundred more verses just like that. But, you know, they continually contrast walking in God's way versus being perverse in your own ways. 
So again, perverse is just being off, distorted, or misrepresenting God. You see that? Uh, It reminds me of the verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go. You know, I'll say this, (laughs) beware of your own plan for your kid's life. Oh boy, well, why? Because your will sometimes can be opposite of God's and vice versa. You got to watch out for that. The Bible says to train up a child in the way he should go. You want to help children discover God's plan and his will for their life. That's the goal. Not your will for their life or what you think you want to. Listen, your kids are not supposed to make up for the things you feel like you messed out on. Oh, okay. Well, they're supposed to find and fulfill God's plan and his will for their life. I hope you still love me. Anyway. Uh, you know, w- one of the things that Jesus told us is God's way of doing things is in Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's, that's God's way of adding things to you. That's not getting gained the wrong way. That's it, getting it the right way. Seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, another thing that is God's way is forgiving those who wrong you. Not getting even with them, but forgiving them. He said to love your enemies, to pray for those who persecute you, to bless those who curse you, to serve others. These are all things that are his will and his way. It's his way of doing things. Now, uh, let's read 1 Peter chapter 2 and get a little bit more into this. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. He's talking about how you represent him. Therefore, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. See, here's the thing. When you submit to government what you're actually doing is submitting to God. And so if government does something that causes you to violate your submission to God, that's when you have to say no. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. That's what Daniel did. That's what Peter and John did in the book of Acts. They weren't being rebellious. They were submitting to a higher law because the governing authorities were trying to get them to do something against God and against what the Lord had said and getting them to get out of submission from God. That's where that's where things got dicey. Because I can't submit to that. It's not that I'm being rebellious, but I'm submitted to God. I'm submitting to God. But as long as it doesn't violate that, then I can submit to people who are over me, whether they're godly or not, and I'm doing it as unto the Lord, for the Lord's sake. That's what he's talking about here. And listen, I didn't write this. If you don't agree with that, um, deal with this verse. <laughs> Anyway, whether to the king as supreme or to the governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good, for this is the will of God. Somebody say, this is the will of God. That's his will. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God Honor the king. What, what is this? This is his will and his way. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Watch this. Not only to the good and gentle, 
but also to the harsh. Uh oh. <laughs> well, you know, I just can't work for that guy anymore. He's just not godly. Hey, listen. He said, don't just be submissive to to the ones that are easy to be submissive to. He said, be submissive to the harsh ones too, the ones that are, are not always talking nice. He said, for this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. First, he talked about his will when he said, for this is the will of God. Now he's talking about his way. You see this? He said, this is the will of God. Now he's saying, this is an example for us to follow. This is his will. This is his will being accomplished his way. He said, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. So God is talking about things that are his will and his way. And he's saying what Jesus did not do, this is not God's way. And that's why Jesus didn't do it, because it's not God's way. Jesus was committed to God's way. He was also committed to his will. And, you know, people say, we have to take authority over the evil. Uh Uh-huh. We are to take authority over evil and the devil, but we can only do that if we're not opening back doors to him by doing things his way instead of God's way. You understand what I'm saying here? We have to be representing God's nature faithfully, properly, in order to accomplish his will. That's one of the reasons why I think the devil has been able to pull some stuff that he's been able to pull. You know, people say, why did this happen? You know, why was the the devil able to do this or this? A lot of times it's because there was an open door. But I won't get into all that right now. But we have to submit to God and then resist the devil. In other words, if I'm not fully submitted to God's will and his way, then I can't resist the devil like I'm supposed to. So, so let, me, let me read off to you here some things that are not God's way and are not his nature. Number one, pride. Now, this is kind of what we've been talking about. Pride is not his way. It's not his nature. Ever. Uh, one of the things that he just mentioned that Jesus did not do was threatening. Threatening people. That's one of the things that's not his way. Threatening. He said Jesus did not threaten. Cursing people, fighting for power, giving glory to or exalting a man. Any of these things are not his way. They're not his nature. Therefore, you can't accomplish his will that way. Does that make sense? You know, Galatians 5 describes some of the works of the flesh. And these are things that are also not God's way, not his nature. Uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is his nature. We'll, we'll talk about both of those things, but in, in the Amplified Version of Galatians 5, it says, Now the doings and practicings of the flesh are clear and obvious. They are immorality. Is God ever going to use immorality to accomplish his will? No. Now, God has mercy, and God can can do things in people's lives, and, and he's bigger than people's mistakes, yes, but that still wasn't his perfect will. He doesn't use immorality. He doesn't use impurity. He doesn't use indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity. Now, again, let me just qualify that. 
I'm not saying that if you had a child out of wedlock, that God doesn't have a perfect plan for that child's life. He does. And he will absolutely do that. But that doesn't mean it was his will for you to do that thing. (laughs) You understand? God's merciful and he's bigger than that. But it doesn't mean that was his will for you to do things that way. You understand? That's not condemnation. That's not trying to make you feel bad about anything. But, But it's the truth. Anyway, strife is not God's way. Jealousy is not God's way. Anger is not God's way. Selfishness is not God's way. Divisions is not his way. Let me say this again. That keeps coming back up. I, I can sense that that's, I need to make that more clear. People say, well, Ben, you know, what about, you know, people they've, you know, this child grew out of this situation and yes, they were sleeping together before marriage, but, but you know, God used this child. Did you know that James Robinson, who is the person whose ministry led my mom and grandmother to the Lord? A wonderful man of God, amazing ministry. Did you know that he was a child that was the product of rape? So was that rape God's perfect will? No. Did God use James Robinson's life? Absolutely, yes, 100%. James Robinson was the perfect will of God. That rape was not his perfect will. You understand what I'm saying? But God, God is bigger than the evil deeds of men. Anyway, I think I can move on now. (laughs) I just wanted to make that clear. Here's something that's not God's way. Party spirit. Oh, boy. Factions and sex, S-E-C-T-S, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies. That's not God's way. Uh Uh Uh-oh. Envy is not God's way. This includes envying power. Uh, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you beforehand, as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But watch this part. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work that His presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, and self-control. Those are all things that are markers of God's way. <laughs> Where you see those things, you that hey, listen, that's God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things. What, what, what am I saying? If I'm believing for God's will to be accomplished in my life, the way I want it to happen is it's going to happen with love. Oh, come on. It's going to happen with love being dominant. It's going to happen with joy dominating me. God told me to rejoice even in the midst of trials and tests, to count it all joy. Joy, uh, peace, peace. God wants me to remain in peace and at rest in order to accomplish His will. He wants me to have patience. The Bible, the Bible says um, that, that, that you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you may inherit the promise. He wants me to have patience. That's his way of doing his will. You see how the patience came with doing his will? That's his will, and patience is his way. Come on, praise God. Kindness is his way. Goodness is his way. Faithfulness. The Bible says that a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he who makes haste to be rich will not be innocent. The Lord said that to me this way. If you make haste to be rich, you'll end up compromising your calling to get money. That's not his way. God wants us to prosper. He wants us uh, to, to, to be mighty in, 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 the, in the earth. But 
It has to be done his way. And, and gentleness, meekness, humility, that's his way, not pride, and self-control. You know, God wants us to exercise self-control. That's his way. We, we are supposed to exercise self-control. Psalm 37 talks about don't envy the, the evildoers. Don't envy the sinners in their so, so-called prosperity. But you dwell in the land and do good. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desire of your heart. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. He goes on to say, uh, forsake anger. <laughs> what is that? That's self-control, baby. I'm exercising self-control, and that's the way that I'm going to accomplish God's will. Does that make sense? Praise God. And, uh, you know, there's more I could get into here. We see this in in the life of David. I'm going to be doing a podcast uh, here pretty soon called The Anointing in the Crown. You know, God had a will for David's life. He had a plan for David's life, but it had to be accomplished his way. And there were opportunities for David to get the crown his way and man's way and the way man was advising him to do it. But David said, no, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. I'm going to get more into that in that podcast coming up about how David valued the anointing more than he did the crown. But suffice it to say that David had a revelation, not only of God's will, but also his way. And I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but I'm sure glad it did. Now, now what I'm addressing in this podcast is there's been a lot of things that I've seen wanting to establish God's will and establish, you know, God's kingdom and and fight for it and fight this thing and, and fight to establish this thing. And, you know, a lot of things that I have seen have not been representing God well. And, you know, and people say, well, this is God's will and God wants this to happen and this is his thing and this is his plan. And, and yes, but, but we got to watch out for when what we believe to be God's will starts to get away from his, get away from his way. Because that's a red flag. That's, a, that's always going to be a red flag. We got to come back to, hey, God's will has to be accomplished his way. And, and if I feel myself starting to get off track from his way, and, and the fruit of the Spirit isn't there like it should be, and my love isn't where it should be, and my joy isn't where it should be, and my peace isn't where it should be, and I'm impatient to see what I want to see happen, and I'm not being gentle, I'm being aggressive, I'm not being um, faithful, <laughs> I'm getting off on these all, all these other things and being distracted from what I've been called to do, and then I'm, I'm, I'm being lifted up in pride, all these things. I'm getting angry and losing my temper. Where's the, where's the fruit of the Spirit in that? If you notice these things in your life, you need to stop and say, hold on a second, hold on a second. I want God's will to be accomplished, but I got to do it his way. Well, I don't want to get perverse in my ways. Now, that doesn't mean perverse in your ways doesn't mean, you know, you you started you know, telling dirty jokes necessarily. I mean, that does, I guess that applies, but it, it means I'm getting off from his way and I'm getting into man's way. That's what I want to watch out for. I want to always bring it back to accomplishing God's will and doing it his way. When Where God has a will, he always has a way. And I want to faithfully represent him. I want to sanctify him in the eyes of the people. 
Amen. Praise God. Well, glory to God. This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I, I pray that this ministered to you today. Um, and I, I'll talk to you the next time you click play. And remember, where God has a will, He also has a way. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.